if I could help you with one thing about nutrition, what would that look like? Kia ora, I'm Janet Wallace, an endurance athlete, personal trainer, wife, mum of four boys, and owner-operator here at The Rig Mobile Functional Fitness. You're listening to The Rig's Ramblings Podcast, a perfectly imperfect space and place for you to be while we explore a non-bullshit approach to exercise, nutrition, and all the things in between. Via these recordings, we'll navigate what's real about what and how we eat and how we move. I have a huge passion for movement, eating well to be well, adventure, and a desire to help people. We'll meet some epic guests along the way, hearing about their wild journeys and adventures through this thing we call life. Ordinary people achieving extraordinary things. I hope we can learn a thing or two, debunk a few theories, and really see how best we can move forward for ourselves. Let's crank on into it. Kia ora, it's Janet here, and you're listening to the Riggs Rambling Podcast, a perfectly imperfect space and place for you to be. This is episode 10, and today we're going to be talking about how sleep can affect our appetite, amongst many other things. Um, yeah, so welcome to today's podcast. Today we're going to talk, yeah, about the fact, and factors, I guess you could say, about how sleep can really have an impact on our appetite and our overall health and wealth. So it's no secret, and I often use the term often, and I say that often, uh, that shitty sleep leads to shitty decisions. And it really is quite true, to be honest, especially when we're focusing or really hunkering down with our nutrition and our exercise that, yeah, a really lack of sleep can really influence those training sessions or how we um, view food or the decisions we make. But really, can sleep actually affect our appetite? Well, actually, it affects a heck of a lot more than just our appetite, to be honest. So when um, we talk about appetite, uh, hunger and satiety, we're really talking about two hormones. So our hunger hormone is ghrelin. Um, when I was studying nutrition, we um, used to, we learned how to separate the two by going ghrelin or growly stomach. So growly stomach, hunger. Um, and leptin is our um, satiety, so the, the hormone that's released from the brain to signal that we're, we're satisfied or full, for instance. So when we have a lack of sleep, we actually have increased ghrelin levels. So our hunger is actually um, very relevant and accelerated, to be fair. We have more hunger because more of this hormone is released. And, uh, and less satiety, so we're not, our brains are not releasing um, our leptin as much. And so what this can lead to is that we actually can have an increased calorific intake. Um, why? Because we'll generally fill that void or look for the whatever's going to make us feel better or give us more energy um, from food and, and or coffee. Uh, in my case, it's generally coffee. And we tend to go for the foods that have a hierarchic a hierific, <laughs> um, a higher calorific value. So nutrient um, void foods sometimes, or sometimes are nutrient dense foods. So either way, they have a higher calorific content, which means that we can often, um, you know, push well past um, the calories we actually require for that 
day. Um, also, you know, we generally, after a lack of sleep, have a lack of energy, um, a lack of I give a fucks, to be fair. And so we then actually have a decrease in energy expenditure. So we're not utilising the energy we're already consuming. And then with the um, effects to our ghrelin as such, we're then eating um, you know, high calorie dense foods. So we're moving less, eating more in a value sense. It may not always be in a volume sense. And yeah, so boom, look at that. Shitty sleeps leads to shitty nutrition decisions. And then all of a sudden we're starting to gain weight. And, I mean, really, we've got to only look back into our times gone by, um, the Holocaust for um, one of the most horrific times during any society, modern or ancient, to be honest. It was just absolutely horrific. But they tortured people throughout the Holocaust, or any war, actually, isn't it? Like, prisoners of war were kept awake for days on end because lack of sleep was always deemed to be the um, worst form of torture. And it bloody is. I mean, crikey dick, you've only got to have a crappy sleep for a couple of nights a week and you just feel like you've been derailed by a steamroller, don't we? So um, just moving on and sort of adding into how not only can a lack of sleep really affect um, our weight loss or weight gain goals or our nutrition goals for that sense and our training goals because it can really um, affect our athletic abilities, you know, here's a few more pointers as such um, to you know, think about when we are actually not getting some um, decent sleep. So, yeah, like our um, some of the biggest accidents in our past history, I suppose you could say, have been actually caused by a lack of sleep and how that has affected people's decision-making. Um, the big oil spill off the Gulf of Mexico for one, um, and a 1979 nuclear accident on Three Mile Island was another, where you know, lack of sleep led to some unfortunate um, cognitive abilities and either a poor decision was made or some things were neglected and overlooked. Um, again, it still comes down to decision-making. Um, it really can affect our learning. So, you know, a lack of sleep does uh, hurt or and impairs our cognitive processes. So things like our attention span, our alertness, concentration, and our reasoning um, and problem solving. So if you were to, you know, put that into your work, into your nutrition goals, your sports goals, your athletic goals, your day-to-day life, like your, you know, lack of sleep, you're already impaired, you're trying to make the same everyday decisions some of those are, can be the most important decisions of your career that affect not only you but a hundred other people um, or you know can make really rash decisions that affect not only you but your family and lifestyle or you know poor choices uh, can lead to you know then insign- you know significant behavior changes um, yeah not cool when it impairs so many of those cognitive functions. Health problems. These um, are not just selected to just these few, actually um, affects a heck of a lot more, but these are sort of the most mainstream ones that I uh, feel confident and capable of staying well within my lane um, to suggest, excuse me, as problems. And that's heart disease, heart attack, heart failure. Um, a regular heartbeat, it can higher our, um, heighten our blood pressure and it gives us an increased risk of type 2 diabetes. So I mean they're quite frightening uh, diseases that you know our risk is increased by by simply mo- losing out on sleep. 
Um, it is recommended that we have 8 to 10 hours of sleep a night, which is almost impossible for most living folk. Generally, we can get by between 6 and 8, and, and the older we get, the less sleep we actually require at night. But then sometimes we'll catch that up during the day as our needs and demands for life um, you know, decrease as we get older. I'm talking about retirement here. We can take a nana nap. I'd never actually be afraid of a nana nap. They have huge benefits. Um, yeah, what else can sleep attribute um, to the derailing of us as human beings, oh, well, it, you know, it can kill your sex drive. Um, why? Because we have depleted energy because we're um, not utilising good nutrition choices and not moving much. Um, we have an increased uh, tension and you're tired. You're not really going to feel like doing much when you're tired, and it becomes a vicious cycle, doesn't it? Um, it can actually increase our risk and heighten our feelings towards depression and anxiety. Um, again, I'm going to stay well, well within my lane here and just mention those. But I mean, it's certainly you can tell that we do get a little bit more anxious, don't we, when we're, um, you know, sleep deprived and we can snap a bit more at the kids or be a little bit short with, you know, when addressing other people. Um, I'm certainly not going to say it's the cause of um, depression and anxiety because it's not, but it can certainly attribute to the feelings of um, depression and or anxiety. It ages our skin. Uh, so because we have more cortisol running around our stress hormone which can actually break down um, the protein collagen a little bit which is um, one of its, not all of its merits, is uh, our skin. Elasticity and uh, health, yeah, is collagen, not all of it goes towards that but a lot of it is separate collagen, uh, again, another rabbit warren, not going down there. Um, but yeah, but it can dry your skin out. You could get it, you know, it could become more oily um, because of that increase in our cortisol. Increases forgetfulness. Um, you know, how many times have you had a crappy night's sleep and then you can't find your car keys? <clears throat> Bet you more than once. Uh, as mentioned earlier, it can um, influence our weight gain. Again, it's shitty sleep, making those shitty decisions, reaching for those you know, high calorific comfort foods, so to speak. Um, it can increase our mortality. So again, you know, it's increasing all those heart disease risks, diabetes, um, you know, accidents, you know, falling asleep at the wheel of the car. doesn't bode well for anybody, does it? And it really does impair, you know, judgment um, all around, really. Our reflexes are slower, our... Um, yeah, on the point, on the mark decisions, snap decisions, for want of better words, are impaired. So really, it goes well beyond just our, um, you know, lack of sleep, just being a little bit tired and not feeling like doing much. Um, in terms of our athleticness, it can really impair our recovery. So our, you know, we're not getting um, an, enough of the deep, good REM sleep. So our muscles aren't um, entirely recovering as much. Um, yeah, so lots and lots of um, different things of the reason why we can, um, you know, lose our will or our desires, I guess you could say, along the way in terms of sleep. So how can we improve our sleep? Well, there's lots and lots of information out there. We can set a sleep routine, so following the same, um, you know, routine every night, um, you know, brush your teeth, brush your head, you know, put away the closet, whatever it is that you do before bed, into bed, whether you read a book, turn the light out, set your alarm clock, keep them the same every night, um, over and over and over again, like I say in so many aspects of what I do, doing the doing, 
So yeah, repeating those same um, behaviours and systems each night. Um, reducing screen time is another one. Turn the TV off. Read a book instead of staring at your phone. Reduce that blue light. They say to minimise it up to an hour and a half to two hours before going to bed to, so that it doesn't impact um, sleep. Um, room temperature, they say that the perfect room temperature in your bedroom is about 17 degrees. So yeah, you don't want your room to be too hot or too cold for that matter. Um, yeah, less is more sometimes when it comes to the temperature of our room um, or our, you know, our beds as such. <clears throat> Another one is, I mean, there's lots of stupid rules around there that people have put out there about what time of the day you can eat and not eat. Uh, totally irrelevant, uh, this eating after six or eating after eight. But what can actually happen for some people, and this is generally, you know, not the goal and be all for everybody, is that if we eat quite close to bed, um, we can sometimes struggle just to fall asleep because our body's still working on digestion and um, yeah, using that little bit more energy and stimulation to digest the food that we've just eaten. Um, certainly not the mainstay, and for some people it has no impact at all. I can certainly eat right before I go to bed and go straight to sleep because I'm knackered when I get there. Um, yeah, so there's lots of little tricks and tools along the way that we can um, use so that our feet, our sleep doesn't, um, you know, affect our everyday life. And this is incredibly generic. The, you know, the way that sleep can affect our digestion, digestion and our absorption of, of carbohydrates and things like that is a whole other level of which I'm just not really going to go into um, today. There's a lot of science behind that and research and that's, again, a conversation um, for another day. So, yeah, so have a think about um, your sleep. One lady that I've learned a lot from um, about sleep recently said that, you know, even sleeping with our partners can be part of the problem. And a strong marriage doesn't necessarily mean a marriage where you sleep every night in the same bed. For some people, it's just not possible. Um, you look at the Queen of England. She actually slept in a separate bedroom to Prince Philip. Um, and yeah, there's lots of reasonings why. Because somebody else's movement can disrupt our sleep. Their snoring, their breathing patterns, their body temperature. Uh, there's lots of things about sharing a bed with somebody that um, can actually really have quite a reflection on the way you sleep yourself. And, you know, sometimes for the better of the sleep and, you know, no shitty sleep making shitty decisions, you may need to have a spare room or spend a night on the couch or send your mate for a night on the couch so you can get a decent sleep. It doesn't have to be every night. It can just be, you know, one night or some nights or less nights than more nights. Um, yeah, it really matters in many cases, to be honest. Um, pillows, having yourself on a good pillow where your head's not too high and it's not too low. Some people find that if they sleep with um, a pillow between their knees that it can help them get more comfortable. There are those, I think they're actually designed and marketed towards pregnant women, but they're like these massive big long pillows that look a little bit like a stuffed sausage, so to speak. Um, they can be a really great tool for the normal person as well, being able to have that between the knees and run out the back and have your head on it as well for comfort. Um, yeah, a good mattress, sheets that you like against your skin, pyjamas, no pyjamas, clothing, no clothing, all those things, it's all completely relative. And so, yeah, apply 
what uh, matters to you or what take from this what you will but yeah it's certainly scientifically um, proven to a degree that uh, sleep can definitely affect our it definitely affects our appetite and it can influence weight loss and weight gain um, yeah and so if you find yourself sort of struggling with your sleep yeah maybe apply a few of these little wee tips um, to your everyday and see if that improves. If you really significantly struggle with your sleep, um, then you can actually hire a sleep consultant. They do exist, especially here in New Zealand or even worldwide, they're online. Uh, these are counsellors that are specifically trained. This is their speciality is to help you get more sleep. Um, I purposely also haven't dived down into how weight can affect the way we sleep because again, not my place to say, but it certainly most certainly can. And those sorts of consultants or counsellors are far more equipped to um, voice their information on that than I am, sticking well within my lane. So yeah, how much sleep do you get a night? Do you wake up feeling like you're rested? Or do you wake up feeling like you've been hit by a steamroller, ready to go at it again and then find that you are eating more than you should, moving less than you could, yeah, it's all relative. Before you go, you know, diagnosing yourself with, you know, behaviour problems or being really, really hard on yourself on your decisions around your nutrition or your decisions around your, your, your exercise or your sport, maybe take a look at your sleep because that could be the culprit. Improve your sleep, improve your decision making, improve your choices and it's a win-win situation. So that brings us to the end of uh, yeah episode 10, a short and sharp one uh, for you today to listen to and digest. As always, uh, you can get in touch with me at Janet at rigstrength.com if you have any questions or look us up on Facebook or uh, Instagram under the Rig Mobile Functional Fitness. We are there. Uh, yeah, so take from this what you will. Apply it or chuck it over your shoulder like a grain of salt and eh, think oh well it's not quite um for you and so yeah take care of yourself and i can't uh, wait to see where this all takes us